Channel Studios in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Channel Massive. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head over to UGT-Servers.com for all your Ventura hosting needs. And now, here's the boys! Welcome to the Teleconference from Hell, episode 148 of Channel Massive. You have five hosts in this episode. Patched in remotely from the 7th and 9th circles, we have Scott and Eric. Hey! I'm, I'm the 7th circle, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> and we're stuck on the 3rd uh, circle. No, we're, we're looking above them. From <laughs> heaven. From heaven, not purgatory. them, <laughs> laughing. Yes, Jason the Angelic. That's what I've always thought of. Beatific, even. Yes. Do you have any other words, Mark, for us? No, I drank too much already. <laughs> Vocabulary dwindling rapidly. I have to write that stuff down earlier. <laughs> and I'm Noah. We have a, an exciting show for you. And doesn't my tone of voice just really communicate that? It so <laughs> does, Noah. <laughs> it's so much fun to be here. Thank you. We're going to be telling you what we've been playing in a remarkably more concise format than we did last week. Or the, or, the, or, or so you think. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on for like five weeks. I'm, I'm planning on talking as long as I can. Well, yes, do it. Welcome do it. to our game of... <laughs> technical difficulties. Yeah, we'll call it technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> or we'll just, you know, we can always throw in like this uh, intermission loop. Yeah. <laughs> when Scott and Eric start talking. We can just go boom, yeah. We just have some kind of weird music going on in the background. You got to like come back in the very end and go, and that's what I've been playing the last five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. That's great, Scott. I'm glad that you're prepared. He's the oracle. We're going to then get into the mailbag. We have a little bit of a debate on Lotro to churn through, and then we've got a bunch of MMO news that we are going to go through. But and the, none of it really good. Wait a minute. I thought this was the Channel Massive show. What are we talking about MMOs for? I know. Whoa, Isn't that face crazy? This is, the, this is Channel Massive from the year... Two, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is Metro. I don't remember what it was like back then. We were excited about Egypt Conan. Oh. We still drove cars to get to our destinations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jason, yes. we all wore parachute pants as part of our hair in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you have the, uh, the the mullet going on. <laughs> exactly. Wow, man. If you have any comments on the show, send them in to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash channelmassive. And we also have a Facebook page. It it's, doesn't have a permanent URL. No. Because we need... More people to like us. We're not sure if you really like us anymore. Need a hundred. <laughs> Is it, Nobody likes us. I think it's twenty-five. Huh? It's, it's twenty-five. Is it just twenty-five? Mm-hmm. What? Well, we have enough people to like us then. Yes. Sweet. We'll go for the perma URL. So then you can be in episode one hundred forty-niner next week if you send in your feedback. In the meantime, enjoy the show. And now it's time 
for a, well, not email, not quite yet. No, it's a special message. First, a special message. From our founder. Our founder, our leader, Mark. I was hoping someone else would read this, but I'll do my best to to make my way through it. Um, I would like to apologize profoundly for all of episode 146. Dear listeners, it is with a heavy heart that I must apologize for the content of episode 146. The best description that I can coin for the sacrilege of a podcast is to say that it was a combination of a train wreck and a clusterfuck. It was a train fuck cluster wreck, to be frank. From the onset, we were thwarted by the combination of technical difficulties, too much alcohol, and Eric's epic 40-minute long what we're playing segment. His droning voice and awkward laughing caused me to drift into an angry altered state of consciousness, something akin to an audio steroid. Embattled and emboldened by this dangerous cocktail, I allowed my nationalistic pride to lead me down a dark path. While thanking Scott, our most recent contest winner for pitching us his entire platoon, I inadvertently told all foreigners to fuck off and said something about it being our moment. Cue the clip, please. And we'll insert that. What I meant to say was, Thank you for serving our great country to Scott and his platoon, and for everyone who is not a U.S. citizen, we welcome you with open arms, as long as you are not from Mexico or South American General, Switzerland, Canada, or any other this poor third world. Uh, oops. Let me re- try that again. Let me rephrase that. <clears throat> for everyone who is not a U.S. citizen, thank you for allowing us to thank those who defend us from you. No. Uh, let me try that again. For those of you who are not U.S. citizens, thank you for listening. In closing, I would like to say that we at IGL Studios will never allow a train fuck cluster wreck of a podcast to occur again. At least, we will make a supreme effort to avoid it. And thanks again to all you foreigners. Hunker down with, around your village radio, listening to our podcast despite static as your women turn butter in your straw roof hovels or whatever you do over there. Seriously, though, thanks for listening. From my bo- the bottom of my heart. I almost said from my bottom. But from the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of your heart. <laughs> I do sincerely apologize for the contents of episode 146. Time for the official mailbag. First up, we have a message from Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. It's like the Iron Maiden, Eddie. Or is it Eddie, Eddie Van Halen? Now this is like Eddie with cheese, right? This is Eddie from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Eddie says, hi, this is Eddie from Wisconsin. Indeed, you're going to get flack about the comments about Lotro on episode 145. I have a question. How long did you play Lotro? What level was your character? I've been playing since beta in 2007, and I will have to admit, the Shire is indeed a relaxed, slow, hungry hobbit avoiding quest location. But, and I do say but, if you are able to work your way up to level 35 and higher, you can begin to enter the darker areas of Angmar and the evil-infested areas of the Trollshaws. Also, don't forget the mines of Moriah. (laughs) 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 OMG, you have never played Lotro unless you can... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Make it into the minds of Mariah. <laughs> Give it a shot. Work your way up to level 50, enter the mines, and you will find a much darker, different type of game. 
I have been listening since episode 20, and I love the show. And I agree Sorry. about the direction you're doing with about not talking about MMOs. For you need more time to see new areas in order to get the full experience of the MMO chosen. Lotro follows the areas listed as described in the books, and I feel they have done a great job. The Shire has that feeling of green fields and hobbits. Like a disease. It's green fields and hobbits. <laughs> well, you know, that was the starting area Jason chose. There are others. So it is yeah. You've been playing Lord of the Rings Online for three plus years. I have. Uh, I did. I'm not playing any longer, but I did play for three plus years. Okay, so... I ended up, I had a 65 Guardian and a 65 Captain before I quit, so I should be qualified to comment on Lotro. Right. So, so go ahead and give us uh, your thoughts on what hey, you have to say. He, he's right. It does, it is, it is very accurate compared to the books. Give you that. It's also kind of a slow MMO. And the problem, yes, when you get to Agmar, it does get darker, and then it never changes again. All of Moria is just like is like Angmar. <laughs> um, the best the best stuff after the original game is probably the lead-in area that you go to after you leave Rivendell before you get into Mariah herself. So Mariah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was laughing about because I was imagining Mariah Carey in a very dark fashion. Once you finally get deep into the mines, you discover her yes. in her mines. <laughs> And there's scabby-infested orcs down there, too, so just like the real thing. <laughs> now, um, you know, the I will say that I, I thought that the, um, you know, the the weapon grind, I mean, I mean weapon, weapon leveling was an interesting take, you know, kind of got you attached to one item. Um, that kind of gave it a different feel, but, I mean, overall, it's, it's perfectly fine MMO. It's just very classic MMO. It, they... The classes are well, you know, well defined and and well balanced, but it's it's rinse and repeat. I mean, Ken and Eric, you've also played Lord of the Rings online for about a year, right? Yeah. So you can probably give a little, you know, insight into this. So what what what's your take on what Eddie had to say? Well, um, I think. Uh, okay, so I really think that the the Hobbit land. Uh, for all the flack you, the, all the flack you guys give it, I call it the Shire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Hobbit Land, goddammit! I, like, I, I like calling it Hobbit Land because it's like an amusement park. Okay, so I, I like it specifically because you know in the books, most most hobbits don't do that adventure and shit. And they, that was the area of the land that they did not want to admit that crazy shit was happening outside. So, you know, it's not as adventurous. You're doing some weird-ass shit, like going around delivering pies and hiding from hungry hobbitses. And I know you don't particularly like that, but I'm distracted. From But anyways, um, hungry hobbitses. And and there are other lands that you can start off at. Um, and I think I think uh, once I you start... up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so once you, once you... Once you leave and go into lone lands, there there start to become some really interesting areas that might not be completely dark and dank and depressing, but have some great scene pieces that you remember from the books. So that's I, I think it's worth it. 
if you love the books, you're going to love the game. That's how it works. Hmm. Well, I love the books, and I don't love the game. But Well, you, you, you I don't trust you. The game is I'm fairly slow-paced. You do not trust me. I mean, look, I've, look, I've been there. I, I mean, I know if the guy's been in there long, look, he is, he has ground his teeth down to the bloody gums going through the grand stairs farming for radiance items. We all have. And I'll tell you, that's when I lost all fun in that game, is having to go through that piece to get into Mariah and do all of those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will admit that they have the they have the story um, spaced out too far. Like you get to you get to parts where uh, you know my higher level guildmates who who max out a bit faster than me. Uh, by the time I got to where I needed to go and, and start wanted to get into Mariah, uh, Mariah, damn it, you guys are making me do it now too. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So once I got into there, everyone else had gone because they were tired of of raiding and doing those things. So I mean, that's the most disappointing thing about it is. Yes, it uses WoW as a model, um, and in, in that case, there's a lot of rating, there's a lot of grinding and stuff, and I think that's my least favorite thing about it. I will say that um, with the uh, with the advent of like even you know the bugs and everything there with Age of Conan and some of the more um, the more actiony based games like Vindictus and things like that, I mean the pacing of the combat in Lotro is very slow, very slow. Even, even at the top tier stuff, when you could think it'd be the most intense, it's, it's it's like a dance more than it is a fight. I mean, it's very nothing feels like it's immediate. Um, and I I played it for a lot of years. I I mean, I thought it was a great rendition of the books, but from a mechanic hmm. side, I'm not all that. Impressed Sounds like it's books. lacking something. Definitely it is. I mean, like it, it's like look, it is. It is worth walking through and going. Wow, they did a pretty good rendition of what the books are. Well, here, here's my take on this. Um, when I originally started playing Lord of the Rings Online, I got my first character up to about level 35-ish, I want to say, and then I stopped. Um, when I recently started this new experiment, where I would try to jump into a free-to-play MMO and try to get as much out of it as I possibly could. I got up to level 15, and I kind of just gave it a rest after that. Um, Eddie's argument, kind of, is that if you are able to work your way up to level 35 or higher, you can begin to enter the darker areas of Agmar and evil-infested areas of the Trollshaws, and don't forget the minds of Mariah! Uh, uh, uh. Oh, that was pretty weird. <laughs> Easy. I don't have your <laughs> Uh, oh my god, you have never played Lotro unless you make it to the Mines of Mariah. Give it a uh, shot. Uh, uh. Work your way up to level 50. And blah, 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 blah. You know, so that that's kind of just a, you know, that's what... That his, paraphrases it, yeah. Kind of paraphrases what he was trying to... He was trying to give me some sage advice Pep there. Talk. And And my response is, uh, no thank you. Because I like my games to be fun... Right beginning. when I start to play the game. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to have to wait 35 to 50 levels for it to become amazingly cool and amazingly good. When the Stockholm begins to set well, in. Well, yeah. no, I'll say. Maybe you'll, later in this episode, we'll cover a mini manifesto from Undead Games MMO Maker's new designer. No, yes, it yeah, is. Maybe perhaps we'll go into that. Him. I mean, because, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, 
why should I torture myself? Why should anybody torture themselves for 50 levels in an MMO just to get to the really good stuff? Hey, and Moria is decent, but it's too large, and you get tired of being Moria, underground, too. Did you say Moria? I did say Moria. <laughs> it's Mariah. <laughs> Check the wiki. Oh. Well, Mariah's too big, and you get tired of being underground with her, too. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got to come up for your sometimes. play a game that, that like, starts out really crappy, but then you get told, oh, oh but if you, if you just slug it out for 50 levels, it's going to get really good. Well, no, you know, and I think he was he was talking about, you know, I think your biggest argument with, like, the, the you know, the Hobbit land... Is that you know? Shire, God. <laughs> I love Scott's voice when he says that. It's hilarious. That it's, it's I like Eric's. I like Eric's name better. <laughs> Hobbit man. Welcome to Hobbit land. It's too cheery and it's too upbeat and everything. And he's trying to tell you that you know, thirty-five level content gets you into those darker areas. And I I'm think that the, the, about whether it's dark or not. I'm concerned yeah. about whether it's fun or not. Yeah, and if you don't like it from the beginning, you're not. And and I think with the theme of the game, it's it's not really held back, but it's constricted by the lore. Like the you know, just like the books, it leads up into those areas, and you can't just start off. You you can't do those things. And but one last point I'll interject with is that. Uh, I think that the newer classes, like you know how Scott was talking about the combat's pretty slow. I think the Ruin Keeper and the Warden, for me, when I first got those characters, I was like, well, now I can't go back and play any of the other characters. Oh no, I, hey, I think that I think they did a good job on their classes. I'm, I, but I think that the actual, the actual phonetic feel of the combat itself is is too, it's too mm-hmm. paced. And I think when the, when they introduced the new classes, the mechanics of those classes give you more to do. And I felt like I was doing a lot more as a rune keeper than I was ever as a lore master. Uh, and that's that's the big issue why I don't think I'm playing it right now is because I only really want to play about two classes, uh, and I kind of I kind of get cut off by that a bit. Thank you, guys. Mark, did you have any concluding thoughts? Wrap us up quickly. I was just going to say you don't have to start in a shire, so I don't know what the big deal is. Like. That's one place you have, you can start, but yeah. you don't have to. I didn't say that it was a problem with the Shire. No, no, no. Because you started somewhere else. You didn't start not, somewhere I'm not, I'm not look, I'm, I was looking Thank at you, but not looking at you. I was, <laughs> I was saying, looking through you. I was looking through <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm immortal. Um, not even there. I was, I was just staring and concentrating. But no, I mean, it's like, you know, you you did chose, choose the Shire. You know, Jason, No, I you, didn't. You I played be, a dwarf. Oh, you were a dwarf? It's dwarf. Noob. But anyway, um, Jason was a um, big proponent of this game when it first came out. In fact, he yeah. had a game day thing at his house where he had Noah, myself, and Jim over, and we all played through the Shire um, in three zones. And I was one of the major complainers because I didn't like... I mean, I liked the books, but I didn't dig the quests that they had. Yeah. I liked what I had gone through as a half-elf or whatever the hell I was, or an elf. I was like a bard. You know, or minstrel, or whatever. When I when I was playing, you were I, minstrel before you went into Mariah. I was getting <laughs> minstrel. I was minstrating, but um, you know, I just thought that was a for me that was a more compelling starting zone. And it's just like you know, in in a lot of times, you know, you hear people complain about World of Warcraft where they're like, God, I hate the Tarin starting zone. It's like, don't play a Tarin. 
Yeah. Or, you know, or, or do play Because you might find something that you like. Go watch over somewhere else yeah. and play, you know. But um, in general, I think, I think I like what they tried to do with this game, but it missed for me because the classes weren't compelling enough for me in the way that yeah. they played and the way that they were realized. In other words, the game wasn't fun. It was not. To sum ever, it all up. It was never fun. Regardless of the starting zone for you. Yeah, didn't matter. Yeah. I never, I never could invest that, whatever, that time to get to something that might be better. I couldn't do it. I could never make it across the threshold. That was my point. Yeah. So I wouldn't disagree. So our point, Eddie, is not that we hate you. you. We actually are really impressed that to hear we have a listener since level or level twenty. Level episode twenty. You're yeah. a, you're a level actually now he's he a made it all the way into the dark listening dark yeah. intense levels of massive. Yeah, so he is level one hundred and twenty. Yeah, level actually one hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah, that's Man. pretty impressive. So thank you very much for writing in and please write us more defending actually. your game. We'd, we'd, get, we'd give you something for being a level 128 listener, but... Uh, this is one of the uh, lengthiest... I'm afraid you don't have the bag space to carry what we have. <laughs> yeah, you need more bag space. You need some more inventory space but, to carry what we can give you. Seriously, Eddie, thanks. We we didn't um, we don't really usually talk this long about email um, thing, emails that come in, so this was a great topic and, and timely, and we appreciate it. Yeah, thank Please you very much. listening and writing. And with that, we are going to get into our MMO proper news updates next. Proper. When you were talking about someone who talks like a robot, Mark, I thought you were going to say Stephen Hawking. That's so mean, Eric. How can you say that? That's awesome. <laughs> you are so mean. God, you're so insensitive. Because I mean, he's like pretty rich and stuff, and it's like. He does inspire to talk about your robot. Pretty hot wife. <laughs> Stephen Hawking does. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he does. No. He really does. I wonder. He do anything. Has some attachments for the wheelchair we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> Straight. Drove it right down in the mines of Mariah. Like, I know <laughs> how to turn Act- you out. Activating thrill mode. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, controlled by joystick. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I like it. Talk dirty to me. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we kicked yeah, up does not come pure. We'll make a good little excerpt before the show starts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shall we really begin? Yeah. MMO news time. First up, Star Trek Online has a big announcement. The Foundry is currently in testing for the game. What the Foundry is, is it's basically the equivalent of Champions Online's or is it City of Heroes Architect? City of Heroes. City Architect. of Heroes Architect expansion, which allows players to create their own. Have they not included own... this in in Champions yet? Nope. They have not. Hmm. They've not. When you have when you have moving content of such a high degree of of finesse and finish as Champions Online, you don't need player created. Oh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Noah. So yeah, that's what this is all about, is it allows players to create entire planets and missions for other players. Like the Genesis planet? <laughs> Perhaps. Yes, it's almost like that. It could be bad. Project Genesis. Are we able to go, Gone! <laughs> My first reaction to this was that it's great, 
And my other reaction was, well, that's great because there's a lot of missing content and people think the game's really boring and monotonous. Oh. So maybe this is how they're oh. trying to work oh. around that. <laughs> my opinion is user-generated content sucks. No! Yeah, Not usually... Probably. Most of it does, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it's that is really like digging through a pile of shit to get a diamond. Well, a small percentage of user-generated content is actually compelling and good and would be worthy of a product. The vast majority of it is either just shit called test in some number, or it's something... <laughs> the test one planet. Yes. Now behold my epic saga called test 1453. But, I mean, most of it's like a way to um, game the system, so to speak, to get some yeah. kind of advantage, which is what we saw a lot with Architect in the yeah. beginning. And the idea they have with this one, though, is that it's going to be something called com- community authored. So before it goes public, it's got to get like a certain amount of positive reviews before it goes out. So... That's a good. That's, that's a good idea to control yeah. it. So that's an attempt. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just don't want to see all of like the the fanfic stuff of of you know hidden plot lines of of two characters you always wanted to hook up. So we're up. supposed to beta test their user generated content before it gets into production. <laughs> oh yeah, that's such a brilliant idea, isn't it? Can't you imagine just wasting hours and hours of playtime doing that? Would be really cool is if you were like hitting them up with, like, inaccurate um, points to their story. Oh, Jesus Christ, you didn't realize that actually Ron was destroyed from... <laughs> you could be the Red Shirt guy from World of Warcraft. From the Warcraft... For the love of God, yeah. the lore is clearly... In yesterday's <laughs> Enterprise... 38453693 Captain Kirk... So this isn't enough to get any of you guys to go back into Star Trek Online? You're not going to no, be I'd good. actually have to pay. No. Dream holodeck scenario. Well, don't you have a lifetime subscription to not this one, too? that one, no. Oh, oh my mistake. No, I, you you, no. you have a lifetime subscription to that other MMO. That's uh, free-to-play. That's not free-to-play, yeah. <laughs> but it's as though I were a gold member or something like that. I am, too. I'm a gold member, too, for life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for life! For the life. So, Eric and Mark and the hizzy. We are. In well, the, the thing is, like, they're doing this... It. I don't want to get into Star Trek because of this new crap that they're putting in this Foundry stuff. I, I don't understand why they're doing it so soon. It, it, I, I think putting user-generated content stuff in, um, like when they did it with COH, it's because the game. It, it should be because the game's been out forever and a day. They're going to stop putting new content in, and they put that at the tail end of the game. So I don't think this is a good sign for the game. No, uh, an expansion I, announcement would be a good sign. Yeah, and or I, actually I, even better, maybe it was going to go free to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the other parts is, I mean, the Star Trek fan base is a little sensitive about the canon, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, just letting them go roughshod over the storylines and everything else. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I anyway. call this. I call this. Wonderful foundry piece. You know, you know what I, I predict? Mate, introduce Kakan. <laughs> Here's what Kakan I predict. Kirk. A I ship predict. full of Orion slave girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, Orion slave girl disco. Besides all that, which which I, I totally see where you guys are going with I that. I need to and, restart my account. I didn't realize there was that possibility. And, and there, was, there will totally be a ton of that kind of stuff going on, but here's what I see. A ton of alternate reality uh, yesterday's yesterday's inspired by J.J. Yes. Abrams' new take on Star Trek. Alternate reality storylines, because you know what? 
Star Trek doesn't exist without alternative reality storylines. Right. Trouble with furries. Or something with black <laughs> holes, or some th- something that's fucked up with the space-time continuum. What if Uhura had been a dude? Yeah, dude, I'm serious. They would do like all sorts of stupid shit like that. I like it. I like it, Jason. I think that's what they should do. Fork um, <sighs> a whole new universe. <laughs> what else do the do the overlords at Cryptic have to say about the future, future. of MMOs? Well, subscription MMOs need to buckle down and get ready to compete with World of Warcraft and the Old Republic. <laughs> get ready. Wow. What? Get what ready. What preliminary sit that shock? Oh. Get ready. They're going to be big. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> okay, so what is... um? Does Jack Emmerich get a new title for this? Captain Obvious? <laughs> That's mm. That's a good point. I mean, well, it's is, not. Yeah, it's not even compete. It's like news? to beat. Is this news? Or, you know, I mean, actually, how, how is subscription MMOs going to have to compete against the two biggest subscription MMOs in the industry? What is that? Yeah. How is that a visionary statement in any way? Dude, light came out of his butt when he said that. I guess Talk so. A vision. He had a he had a vision. He Slow had a vision to. Huge warring franchises clashing for subscribers. One cue dramatic battle music. And of course, if you know if your MMO doesn't have a budget of fifty million or more, you should just go free to play right now. So this is him basically trying to justify why Star Trek Online is still subscription based. Yes, or no, I think I think this is you know he was pretty adamant about his disdain. Free to play. I know, and now it's like I told you, I'm laying groundwork for all of Cryptic's games going to a micro subscription model, and that makes sense. It's all this is because would free to play Star Trek? Would you go back and try that? If you're not going to go back in for the Foundry, would you go back in to try it if it became free to play? No, it's really important. If if they, it depends on how their cash shop works. I wouldn't buy anything, but I'd probably, I'd probably go back or check it out a little bit. You know, see I, how they improve it. I, I think he's mostly right, but I think that a small independent company with a really good idea could buck the system and shock the crap out of the the whole world. Well, what's Fallen Earth? Okay, doing? Minecraft. It, it's Fallen Earth is successful right now. Like they're making That's money diff- right now. They're happily yeah. coming out with True. expansions. But who would have thought Minecraft would would garner the the fan base that it has, and people all actually paying for it. I mean, it's just a sandbox of with shitty 8-bit-looking graphics. Oh, but that's about to change. Yeah, but that's what it is. And people are, like, embracing it. It's like, what if somebody came out with an MMO that had some compelling element that's been, you know, missed, like, I don't know, truly player-generated content, where it was like a mush from the old days or something? I don't know. It's just, I think somebody could potentially do it, but There's I think... There's a ton of people still playing Ultima Online. Yeah, for God's sakes. I mean, that's a subscription MMO. People, a lot of people play RuneScape. Yeah, subscription MMO. Not something I would ever do, because I'm sane. Not the best graphics in the world. No, but, you know, they're always improving them. I don't know, I just think that it is possible that, you know, somebody could come in and, and actually seriously compete for this. 
we we had a story that I wanted to to cover in this podcast, but it was stricken. Basically, I, I just I just don't think it's cryptic, frankly. No, cryptic's not going to do anything incredible. Cryptic does bare bone MMOs and then take a little time to flesh them out. That's what they do. They seem to have a great engine, which is really the the um, City of Heroes engine, and they've taken that forward and they're putting stuff into it, but they don't seem to have any. Yeah, there's no there's no some intellectual, like, uh, there's there's no real content there. Revolutionary ideas. Yeah. So, so I was bringing up the free-to-play thing earlier because Emirate was asked, well, shoot, Champions Online went free-to-play, when Star Trek Online going to go free-to-play since the games did come out with the months of each other? And he basically said, well, yeah. if you want yeah. that, you need to play Champions free-to-play. And make that a great success, quote, because that would send a strong message. If we did Turbine's level of success, that would certainly merit the discussion. Well, the which basically says to me is that they're going to get the Turbine games are more fuller yeah. games than than either Champions or Star Trek Online. Yeah, just like Mark was saying. Yeah, there's just nothing. There's not enough there. They don't have a. I mean, yeah, Star Trek's a strong IP, but what we are seeing in the game, at least the game I played. I mean, we just spent, what, 20 uh, minutes crapping on Lotro? But the bottom line is, there's a hell of a lot of content in that game. The world's oh, yeah. fully realized. The yeah. game launched with a ton, and now with the expansions and or the expansion and all the other stuff, it's... It's a world. It's hey, a, I mean, what EDO expansion are we talking about, Mark? Content in. Mariah. <laughs> She's cavernous. <laughs> Poor Mariah. And speaking of free-to-play, I mean, Warhammer right. Online may be the next one to go free-to-play. That's one that I always say. And why do you say see. that, Noah? What makes it, you uh, think it, that it, it, It's right there at the cusp of having compelling PvP. Well, the right base is shrinking. Well, <laughs> the one of the problems with Warhammer game. Online, I understand why they shrink, shrank down the starter areas to just the order and the chaos, but it basically killed... Just zones and zones and zones of compelling content. What, what did it do again, Scott? Killed. Thank you. That's my southern nurse. <laughs> I just like hearing you say it. Shot it killed. dead. Yeah. Wow. Jason, have you been on, have you been watching the History Channel, watching Swamp People? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, actually, yes, I have. Love, uh, my love, wife really loves. Hey, that. all of us Alabamans love the Cajuns. <laughs> love them. Hey, hey, uh, my my old tangent. But have you ever seen the Top Gear? Have you ever seen Top Gear, Scott? Yes. Did you see the one where they tried to survive Alabama? Yes. Did you love it? <laughs> It's awesome. When the lady hey, got him at the we have, inter- we have interesting areas in our state. We just do. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> Perhaps writing I'm by on the car wasn't a good idea. <laughs> or Hillary 2012. It was great. Anyway, sorry. So, the first step... <laughs> an entertaining chanted mark. <laughs> so, aside from the player base evaporating and the servers being consolidated, there... Mythic's actually taken some steps to create the whole online transactions that would complement a free-to-play microtransaction-based model. All these little services, such as a server transfer, a starter mount pack, a trusty mount pack, trinkets of the world pack, specialized training pack, herald pet pack, they're all available for a price that does not involve your time, just your money. 
The most expensive one is the server transfer. That's twenty dollars. Well, that's like no different than what World of Warcraft. Uh, yeah, would charge yeah, but what's you. What's the the specialized training pack though? Now that is a little bit different mess, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. You you buy a level. That's right. Yeah. That is like, I mean, okay, everybody, you know, even like the, you know, game companies and developers themselves have been railing against, like, for years and years and years, these power leveling services, which would charge you some money to level your character. Well, what do they do now, Eric? Yeah, they just throw you a level for ten bucks. That's right. But it gets better. Ten dollars. Yeah, That's too much all, all of these prices are are the worst cash shop prices that you could. You, they you this is bullshit. You like at average cash shop, hey, you least, have to hide all of this stuff with the lower end stuff too. It's just nuts. Hey, but, at least Funcom did it right and gave you a free one every three days. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It gets better though because now they have RVR packs, which no one I would have killed for. There's the progression pack, which gives players an opportunity to advance the, through the renown ranks faster. And advance their character up to renown rank 100, which is, I mean, it's like, why don't you don't even fucking yeah, play yeah. our game? Just yeah. buy these fucking advantages. Just, just now. go download Progress Quest, <laughs> um, and then the Personality Pack, which is more of a yeah, that's more of a cosmetic kind of that's thing. Cosmetic, but the I, I don't pack, think anybody's. I don't think anybody gives a shit about the cosmetic stuff. Is it's those other two. Yeah, those, those <laughs> things two, that are getting people's panties. Those in a two bunch. that are like slipped in there, mm-hmm. you know, under the radar. Yeah, they're not in the first item or the last item. They're just kind of in the middle. Yeah, and the funny thing about like uh, this game is that you play the first few areas, and that's the most fun. It just go, it's downhill from there. Once you max out and you get to the highest level, like you want to start over again because the everyone's maxed out and it turns into this huge grind and uh, you're just like, fuck. Oh, yeah, every ten levels it starts to suck, but then... Yeah, why do you want to hurry to to the max level? I you don't, don't. Get it. I think the way Noah and I played it was, like, about the best for just yeah. pure fun, where we were yeah. just, just in it for... Basically, we were trying to play LOL before LOL exactly. came out. <laughs> it just... It's like... It's, it does seem like that. It seems like that... That last push to get to the next tier was always such an immense grind. Yeah. And then you got there and you were let down because you were such a pussy. Well, because, yeah, you were such a pussy and you couldn't compete. Yeah. Or you, I think, I don't know if Noah mentioned this or someone else, but you would work your way up to get to that next tier and you'd be playing, you know, the instance RVR things and really, you'd really love one battleground. And they'd move you to another one, and you realize the whole set of them have changed, and you don't like any yeah, of them. I and you're locked it. out of them, and you're like, shit. Yeah, that really stinks. It does. Well, now, to, I mean, even, I mean, I've played a little bit of, you know, a little bit of the Endless Trial, the first ten levels, that kind of stuff. <laughs> the Endless done, Trial. What they've done now is they've, you know, they've really tightened down the starter areas and everything else, because they're trying to funnel anybody that's still playing that game. Into the chaos and order sections of the, just so that they have some, um, you know, some viable numbers. The problem is, if you don't like that section, the rest of the game is totally dead. No one's going mm-hmm. there. It's a way, I mean, it's, ah. It's like a barren wasteland. Horror execution. Anyway. Mm. 
Our last piece of MMO news is a bit of a controversial statement from Undead Games. Jason, would you like to introduce this? No. Not really, because I really don't know what this guy had to say, except I, I got, I did throw in a piece of reaction, though, that I'd like to comment on, if I may. Okay. So, Mark, you noticed this one? I did notice this one. So, Undead Games is a new development com- house, I guess, and they're going to... Made by some ex-ArenaNet guys. Yeah, former ArenaNet guys. And what Guild they're going Wars. to do <laughs> is they're, they are going to make a zombie MMO. Sweet, because you know what? Because Zombies are the shit now, dude, man. I am so over. I'm over with zombies. I am over with... Vampires. Well, it's Mark, I, I'm sorry, I hate to break this to you, but Zombie every vampire? game developer house out there would disagree with that. I know. I don't know. I, I have, you know, there's been Left for Dead, there's been all the fucking Twilight movies, there's there's True Blood, there's just, the whole culture's full of vampires and f- fucking zombies, and it's like, man, we need, there's whole other areas of the undead we need to explore. There's skeletons Ghouls. from, like, Sinbad. There's ghouls, there's, there's, uh, there's liches, there's, or leeches. That's <laughs> 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 good stuff. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jason. I can't believe that was, that was flash, a flashback to this Wrath of the Leech King. Um, but anyway, it's just like, man, I, I really can't believe that we have to see, I mean, I'm just tired of zombies. I'm so tired of... I, I was a big that's fan. not the point of the story. Okay, so that's not at all the point of the story, but... Get off that soapbox. <laughs> and somebody revised my spelling of a word, fucker. Um, anyway, so, um, anyway, the, um, the, they, they, they hired a new designer. Let me actually pull the link up so I can speak as authoritatively as possible about this. <laughs> They hired, yes. they hired a brand new developer. It sounds like they're just really setting up the company now because they like have this big announcement and and everything. And so this guy, what is it? Foge? He has a strange name. F O G E is his yes. name. Foggy. 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 <laughs> he apparently was the like guy that the guy that came up with the combat system for God of War. That's his his claim to fame. So he's a console head, right? Basically. Big background in the in console game. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you like consoles. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but anyway, yeah, nothing wrong with that. It's cool. You know, it's like, wow, maybe he's going to breathe a fresh of breath air into the uh, MMO genre. But he comes out and basically just a shreds. fresh of breath air? A fresh the of hell with air. that? I mean, a breath of... Wait. Mark talks good. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm showing... Mark know how to talk good. The 32-ounce... Glass of rum and coke has been depleted. <laughs> oh, and he's going for another one. I will. Um, but anyway, so this guy um, basically just came out and said, "Here's here's <laughs> what I think of MMOs. Here's what's wrong with MMOs. Not really a whole lot about what what this company Undead Labs is going to do. I believe for MMOs, sort of maybe some vague, you know, bring it, make it all consoley like, but." You know, it's, it's basically, I think... Besides the of, fresh breathing of life? A fresh... A, 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 what was it? A fresh of breath air. <laughs> He's brought a fresh of breath air. <laughs> you know what makes me feel all warm and fuzzy? If I read it and think of Ball Barnett saying it. 
Well, <laughs> I kind of do. When British I... accent and everything, and but you know, turn the MMO world on its funny. ear. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think I think that it probably pissed off a lot of people in the MMO community. But is it necessarily untrue what he said? I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. I don't think so either. I, I'll I'll give him credit. Where I don't think that he is the most eloquent speaker out there, and they they probably should have had somebody else write this rant for him. Uh, but he wrote it from the from the heart. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just some, some of the things he had to. That... I think some of the things he had to say, yes, were harsh. They probably weren't the best written prose out there. Um, but yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, Mark. Is that some of the, some I don't necessarily the, disagree with what he had to say here. Some no. of the tidbits of the MMO itself seem pretty compelling. Where you know you kind of have to really fight and scrape if it's if it really if it is a true survival MMO. I mean that would be different. You know, not totally giving everything to everybody and really having to kind of scrounge and salvage to to get somewhere in the game. It could be compelling. I, I think so, too. I, I I wonder if they will pull it off or if they will... Yeah, he sets the bar really high. Will they... No, no, this has happened before several times where this new... This new kid on the block comes out and finds fault with all the MMOs and how it's all been done before. Sets the bar for their company's product really high. Promises the world. And then when it comes out, it's Warhammer Online. I mean, it's a game uh, that has made compromises to hit a release date. And to actually be playable. And to work with the servers. And to work with the clients. And to you know work with right. the lo- within the laws of physics. So... Will history repeat itself, or will they get all console-y and somehow... I did, do you think they said they plan to release it for the console? Well, no, that's their major thing, is right. that, you know, we want to release this for the console. And that my, that's my only skeptical thing is, well, okay, because yeah, we haven't seen it before. Haven't really seen a whole lot of that, you know, going on before. There's always been some kind of... You know, mysterious restrictions that you you possibly couldn't get around with Microsoft or Sony to you know make this happen. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I really so I'm a little curious that. to see you know where we're at like a year from now. Where if this you know if, seriously if this company comes out like a year from now and go, well, we were going to do a release for the 360 and the PC, but um, unfortunately we weren't able to. But you know what I think it'll end up being is just another, um, like, Left for Dead with more MMO elements in it. Probably. Yeah, I, think I think that's right. Kill ten zombies. Yeah. What'd you say, Scott? Yay. I think that's accurate. I think that's exactly what it'll be. Yeah. It'll, and we're, we're, I mean, we're moving it to more action-based games. It's okay if it doesn't all happen overnight. That's the way he's talking about. It. He's going to revolutionize, you know, how this works in physics-based games. And, and but don't we have to worry about with an MMO lag and things like that? Isn't that the the biggest hurdle that you have to pass over first? Uh, how are we going to do this with all of these different inter uh, like uh, internet connection speeds and stuff like that? Is that is that really possible? I don't know. Do you guys know? Instance instances. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you're moving into APB territory where you have to have smaller groups of people. Uh, and I well, mean, I mean, if they're if they're designing it for a console market to begin with, they're not going to have you in a ten thousand server shard. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to have ten thousand users in. I mean, there, it's going to be instanced lobbies. I mean, it just I don't see how they get it around it. I think that's I. I, I don't see anything new and compelling. It's a great idea, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere with it. Yeah, it's a one way to come in and kind of make your make your uh, yourself known, I suppose. Well, somebody flipped out about it, though, right? Sip oh yeah, from Sip, Break. Sip, who is like a defender of the MMO genre, um, was all over it. Well, he just lost his mind, you know. He he just you know, he, and I, I think he totally took it the wrong way, and and. Sip being the, not just PC gaming fanboy, but also the MMO fanboy that he is, kind of just totally took heart to this and just really flipped out. So, you know, he tried to, he tries to break down this rant little bit by bit with his own, uh, snarky attitude. And so he comments on things like where, uh, of course, the guy said, I don't like MMOs. I love the idea of MMOs. He says, my first thought when I read this was, why did Unlabs hire him at all then? It's like offering a head coach a position to a guy who stated in public that he doesn't like football, but he does like the idea of it. In my opinion, if you're not a huge fan of MMOs and you're not crazy passionate about them, then you have absolutely no business being a part of their development. These games are a labor of passion, love, and intensity. So, is that really the place for a guy who just loves the idea of them? And to me, you know, I I sit there and, you know, okay. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe he's right, though. Maybe we need a guy who is not the biggest MMO fan out there to come in and kind of shake this shit up a little bit. Well, maybe he's the perfect kind of guy to do that. Because for, you know, for so many years now, you know, you've had people who have been passionate. They've been, they've been knowledgeable and dedicated to how MMOs supposedly are supposed to work and, you know, how they're, how they, Need to be designed oh, yeah. and all that, and they've had a fine pedigree of yeah. experience in the genre. Maybe and then they come and they get together, and you so end up with is, something is somebody who is passionate about MMOs necessarily the best qualified person to advance the genre forward? I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's like you know J.J. Abrams when he took over the Star Trek. Uh, he did like, not know Jack or Squat. I mean, he was like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Star Trek. He didn't appreciate it really, like the hardcore, yeah, the hardcore Star Trek and geek yet, did. And yeah, yet his first movie with based on it is the one I've found to be the best since the Wrath of Khan. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, do not rank it above Wrath of Khan, Mr. Miller, sense? or else you will commit sacrilege. <laughs> I, I'm not. I I'm will. Not. I will take this microphone and shove it up your ass so yeah. far you will not be able to think tomorrow. I'm not. I'm not. Well, here. All right, I'm, I'm coming. coming. I'm coming down. Jason is. Well, uh, he's doing. He looks like the motivational speaker from Saturday <laughs> Night Live right now. 
There's yeah. one thing that is I he mentioned. A van down by the river. Yeah, <laughs> he does have a van down by the river. He is a motivational speaker. That's right. There's one thing that uh, uh, Sip mentions that I mentioned a bit earlier that there are MMOs that are action based coming out and that are out now, and he yeah. mentions a few: um, Vindictus, uh, Mag, which is you know console based, uh, APB, Champions Online, Tabula Rasa, Dungeon Fighter Online, and he says that you know some Ooh. of these. Some of these aren't good. Some of these aren't available now. Um, but by saying the statement that I, uh, that uh, what is it? Fogue says I'm an action gamer. That's just not what MMOs okay. are, right, are, are right now. Right. I mean, the the thing is, they're they're changing. We saw a lot of E3. I mean, we the theme of E3 was this action MMO kind of thing well, that's coming out. It's just the convergence that we've seen for some time. Where yeah, you know, Call of Duty Four has MMO elements. MMOs have action-y elements. It's all, you know, hopefully we will not be hung up on World of Warcraft is a great MMO at some point. We'll, we'll be like, it's a great game. Yeah. The, you know, and, and here's another paragraph that Sip kind of takes here and he kind of tries to make a point of, but I don't think that he he makes a very good argument here. And, and and this is a cutting cutting statement uh, where where he says uh, not not sip but uh, foge or foji or whatever Fogey the fuck we're gonna call is them. the official pronunciation. Uh, MMOs get breaks oh, be- because of their social nature, but it, if you really look at them closely, they're barely even games. Mario sixty four, nearly fifteen year old. Er, Fifteen years old at this point feels better than any MMO that I've ever played. MMOs aren't even close to keeping up with the cutting edge of video games from a gameplay or presentation perspective. That's bullshit. Actually, yeah, that, I, would I don't know. World of I don't Warcraft, know about that. Like the expan- when the expansions come out. <laughs> when the expansions come out, like every time a new expansion comes out, and you go and you check it out, unless you are colorblind, you're like typically blown away by what it presents to you. But the so, but would you not agree with the the state just just a little bit paragraph in the in the paragraph here that MMOs get breaks because of their social nature? Oh, I think I, I think some MMOs are are. I just think a lot of them basically do. Basically, a game system with a little bit of content holding it together. I think a lot of them do catch a lot of breaks because of that. But I just wouldn't say all. I wouldn't make a blanket statement. I understand that, There's but then I, again, I was I also wouldn't fly fly. You know, you know, off the complete handle there, and go. Oh my God, I can't believe you just, you know, said that. Because the, the only reason why that that statement kind of hurts so bad is because there's a hint of truth to that. Yeah, there, there. You know what I mean? Some that are, that are. Yeah. Just a system. But. Listeners, I'd like to know what you guys think on this topic. Do you think that? MMOs need to be more consolified, consolified, and Consol- Undead Labs are going to be the ones to show us how it's done. Or do you think there's enough action in recent MMOs already, and you're getting that vibe already? Yeah? Action! Kill ten rats. This guy's a little bit Adventure. behind the curve. Send it in to mail at channelmassive.com, and we'll be back in a moment to talk about some general news. News. Welcome to the Channel Massive MMO Minute. So, 
I really don't have a MMO minute to record this week because I, well, I didn't play an MMO. You don't have a quite minute? Honestly. No, I do not. However, I, I will fill this segment with a nice little public service announcement. Excellent. This is courtesy of Ardwus Lair. Um, I will provide a link uh, on the website to uh, to anyone who's interested. Uh, so he kind of just found out how to get 140 free turbine points for basically doing nothing. And the easiest way to do this, if you're interested in just scoring some free turbine points and buying some cheap content, because they're always running sales on content. Uh, in fact, they they just did a little sale recently where they had a quest pack available for very cheap, and which you could probably buy for about 140 turbine points. So what you do is you just log in to every single server once with a fresh new character, and you can only do this once per server. So you log in, and the easiest zone to do this is is uh, the the dwarf, the dwarven, dwarfen, the dwarfen area. <laughs> so when you create your character, you you basically just you know pick a class, pick you know don't even bother with the character creation thing. Just select a random name, and then skip the skip the tutorial. There's a little checkbox. At the bottom of the, uh, of the character creation screen to skip all that. You can say skip the tutorial. Once you do that, you get in. You talk to Dwalin, who is one of the quest NPCs that you will see right as you spawn into the zone. You go speak to him, and there's a quest called A Little Extra Never Hurts, Part 1. Go through all that quest mumbo-jumbo, 10 free turbine points. Right then and there. Log your character out, hit the next server, rinse and repeat 13 more times. Next thing you know, you've got yourself 140 turbine points for free. <laughs> for doing really absolutely nothing except for logging in, creating a character, doing that really quick quick little quest thing, which really isn't a quest. You just click on a bunch of buttons and next thing you know, you've got yourself... So can you repeat that, or is it just a one-time way to get 140 points? Like, no, you can only do it once per so server. You, so you can't, like, bummer. No, yeah, you can't what create, you delete like... the characters and then do it again? No, it doesn't work, apparently. Hmm. But, again, Pretty cool. it's one of those really quick workarounds that, yeah, you know, if you want to score yourself some free points for really doing nothing, there you go. Well, Thanks to Ardwolf cool. for that nice little... To a bit of advice. And that was the Channel Massive MMO Minute. Time for the general gaming news. Something that Rock Band 3 and Rock Band fans have been eagerly awaiting, at least those who want to step their game up to the professional level, is the real super professional guitar from Fender. And that was one of the big releases last week. Yeah, That's and exciting. I was really surprised that this guitar was not available at the launch of the game. Which I think was a horrible kind of mistake. Bad yeah. calculation on their part. Yeah. You have the keyboard and you have the mid-level pro guitar, which is basically the fretboard is a hundred some odd different independent little buttons. Right. And the strumming area is a single string. But it's not the same as the Fender Squire. And now we finally know the date 
and the price that this guitar is going to have. Yeah, it'll be available March 1st, 2011. So that's oh. like one, two, that's God, like five months five away. Five months Almost away. Almost half a year. And the price is two seventy nine ninety nine, but that's not the real price you have to pay because you have to buy a MIDI converter. You have to buy the MIDI adapter for it. Oh, which is another like 39. thirty, forty like bucks, 30, something like that. Thirty nine, I think. Forty. So thirty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. I think. Well, I mean, somewhere thirty forty bucks. It's one of those. We'll go thirty five. Anyway, so we're you're looking at <laughs> three hundred and ten to three twenty. However, yeah, for those of you who can. Pony up the money, and you can start saving now. Just start I sending down of your money. Ah, but then, well, hold on to it for you in an offshore account. It's limited interest. Okay, and then, but let's also factor in the price of the brand new game. So you're talking another sixty bucks on top of that. I bet so, by then it'll be cheaper. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. That's a lot of money. So, and I, I'm actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something unexpected. I'm going to turn this on you, Mark, because you are a guitar yes. expert. Uh, you are a musician. You have played guitar. I see. I see one, two, three, possibly four guitars here in this very room that we're recording in. Possibly four, six, six. six I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, you're right. I didn't see the one tucked in the corner there. Um. So, what does this guitar look like to you? Um, it looks a lot like this. It looks a lot like this one that you're holding before me right I now. I'm doing my best Vanna White impersonation as I hold up a Fender Stratocaster, except... That looks great over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you guys can't see this. It sounds it sounds a little out of tune. Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's been kind of sitting by itself in the corner. Right. Uh, so Mark, so what, do, you think, do you think that the $279 price point sounds like something that would be a stripped-down version of you know, what you would have? You know what? It's actually um, actually a Fender Squire. It's their Squire is like kind of like the student line. Okay. Um, like that's actually a pretty good. I think they're like around 200, 250, mm-hmm. depending on what you what all you get. Right. Um, it's got like a locked bridge, so it doesn't have a. I don't. I don't believe it has. Doesn't a, have a whammy bar. No. Um, you could try to do it, but it would mm-hmm. go out of tune like within seconds. So, um, I mean, for the price, it's a it's a real guitar, a rosewood fretboard. Um, you know, it, it it's it. I've, I we saw it at E three. It actually sounded like a real guitar when the guy played it through his amp and everything. It's, right. Yeah. It's got just one single pickup and a volume knob as far as a guitar goes. So it doesn't. You can't switch between your different pickup combinations like you can on a typical Fender Strat. Right. Usually there's there's three pickups in a you know bridge, a neck, and then a um, middle position, and you can switch between five different combinations of those. This one just has the one pickup, so it's kind of like an old. Charvel soloist, they used to call them, where it was just, you know, pure, just a pure guitar, electric guitar. Um, the rest of the, the rest of the thing is taken up with buttons to allow you to work with rock band, but you can see that quarter inch out jack on it, so you can plug okay. it right into an amp and jam it like it's a regular guitar, you know. Um, but I, I don't think the price is that bad, really, because basically what you get, what, what that other output is that's the one that's built into the body, that's just a standard MIDI port. Okay. So you could take this guitar and you basically have a very economical MIDI controller 
for that, like a keyboard or you know you could you could run this through any kind of any kind of MIDI um, equipment, compatible equipment to generate you know notes and tones and you you know, I mean if you buy a Roland MIDI controller guitar, you're talking a lot of money. So it's a pretty it's a pretty good deal for a musician. Now if you're a guitar player who wants to like learn how to actually play a guitar, and you were to buy this. I mean, I think it'd be a, an incredible learning tool with the with the library that is available for Rock Band 3. And I, I have Rock Band 3 already, and I've been seeing a lot of my old songs actually have pro guitar tracks already. Unfortunately, I can't play any of them because I didn't. I'm not going to buy that piece of shit Mustang thing. Right. But um, when when this thing comes out in March, I'm definitely going to buy it and just use it as like a learning tool to like you know augment my. Sweet. My playing, you know? We'll get to see it in the and flesh. Have you guys actually seen on YouTube any of the... Like, have you seen Crazy Train played on Rock Band 3? No, I have I have not. Oh, my God. It looks so freaking hard. There's no way you could... You know how you can, like, when you get to a certain level in Rock Band or Guitar Hero, you can yeah. actually play the hard stuff, but you can actually, like, sight read it? You can't. There's no way you could play Crazy Train unless, unless you... Unless you're really could. Randy Rhodes. Yeah, exactly. Unless you were Randy Rhodes, then like if you played sure. your expert on the pro guitar and you actually knew how to play the song, then you'd be okay. But you're gonna have—I mean, people are gonna have to use the trainer to play those parts. There's no way that they're gonna be able to sight read it because it come, the notes come at you way too fast. I right. mean, it's just insane. And to it's, memorize it. Yeah, and it shows basically it shows the string and the fret number. So you just see a bunch of 15s and 13s and 16s and 17s, mm-hmm. and they're just like in this rapid succession. There's just no way. And so but, as, as a person who plays the guitar in real life, does that does that excite you more than anything else? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be awesome to like learn how to play a bunch of cover tunes with a trainer. I mean, it's like the ultimate trainer program, plus it's fun because... There's the band that plays with you, you know, so it's a game, so I can be, like, progressing through the game, and it's, like, bragging rights, I mean. I think I think the cool thing for Mark, and and Mark probably won't openly admit this right now, but I'm, like, a way better rock band player <laughs> right now as it stands than, than he is, but now that there's the real guitar involved, he can go... Fuck you, motherfucker! <laughs> this is real guitar, you piece of crap. Now I can totally outplay you. That's right. And and now I can't I can't say anything. I but, can't I can't brag anymore because I'm like basically what would happen to me is I would start back I would have to start back at square zero. Yeah, you ha- you have to. I would have to start just relearning how to do everything. But the, because of the way it works, you could really progress quickly. I mean. Seriously, you can really learn pretty fast. Now, you wouldn't learn all the theory. You wouldn't learn all the stuff right. you really should know. You probably, you know, w- wouldn't get that, but you could learn these songs pretty fast. I mean, in a, in a I could learn how to train my muscles, at least. You, you'd get all the physical dexterity right. that you need. Learn how to pick, you know, up and down and, you know, tremolo pick and all. You'd cross-string picking, you'd figure it all out. Organically, actually, hammer-ons and pull-offs, pull-offs and yeah, legato. Oh yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty cool. I, 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 I have musician friends that either scoff at rock band and Guitar Hero, Jim, or, <laughs> or, 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 or they actually get it. Like that, it's you're not replacing your playing with this game. You're just viewing it as a, you know, kind of interesting musical. It is. Somewhat musical. Oh, well, it's very musical, and you're getting to jam out, and it's fun. 
and all the parties we have with our friends playing rock band, I mean, we have a blast. Oh, there's alcohol involved and strippers, but you know, I mean, it's wait, no, <laughs> that's been the fatal flaw. But you know, it's a lot of fun. So right. anyway, so I just I'm, I think it's cool. I know. And I just got. I'm sorry. I'm really interested in this. That like, you're going to be a real musician who plays it. Like, are you going to be able to grade yourself and become better at playing songs with this? Like. What what is your use going to be besides fucking around? Like, are you going to seriously be able to get better at a song through the grading of the game? Yeah, I think so because um, as a musician, I've always played in um, original bands. I've never, I, well, as a drummer, I've played in cover bands, but as a guitar player, I've always played in bands that have original material. So mm-hmm. I don't really have a vast repertoire of like cover tunes. So it'll be kind of fun to, like, learn how to play Crazy... I mean, I know how to play Crazy Train most of it, but to actually well, know sure. how to play it from sure. beginning I mean, to the end. Or- you know, and as far as the guitarist goes... Then you can get a gig at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> well, no, See, I, I can be like that crazy drummer on YouTube. It's kind of funny, because, when, you know, when when you sit here with Mark and you, and and Mark starts... You know, he he can play... Like, if you just start thinking about a song, and Mark Mark will be able to start playing it after kind of fumbling around with it after a while. <laughs> An hour or two. But, you know, no, no it doesn't take you that long. <laughs> but, you know, so he already knows inherently, just because he knows how to play guitar, he knows how to, you know, play those notes already. He, he already knows how to do that. So he's already at a serious advantage now when it comes to this this new kind of game mode. In Rock Band Three, I'm at a complete disadvantage now. I have I have no base to start off of except from the very beginnings of learning how to pluck a fucking string, and that's pretty much it for me. But it is all about how much time you can put into it, right? You know? It's like once you put ten thousand hours into anything, you become. But you play me on normal normal mode, and I'll kick your ass. That's right. But you know what? I would, I would, I know this is going way too long, but one other thing is there's a really big disparity between the guitar, the pro guitar and the pro keyboard. Because the pro keyboard is like limited to like just two octaves on a keyboard. And it doesn't appear to have anything like the right hand, left hand independent stuff. It looks like it's all going to be like actually, one it, hand. it does have some of that, but it's not like complete. So, so like, not where you could become pretty much, you could develop skills like a virtuoso guitarist if you tackled, like, the really tough songs on this. Like, you, if you ta- if you tackled, like, Avenged Sevenfold or, mm-hmm. or you know, some of the Megadeth stuff or whatever, I mean, you'd be, like, just a screaming, shredding guitar player. If you master those keyboard parts, you are not going to be able to go play, like, a, yeah. a Chopin... Well, um, yeah, there, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, there's the difference, difference between there. a concert pianist and a right. person who's going to be good at rock band on the keyboard versus a somebody who's going to be good at the the pro guitar and right. an actual like. That's really, not to say that you can't learn anything. From no, the you'll keyboard. learn some it's dexterity, just, but it's just very. It's well, very you'll limited. still be able to learn how to do it. It's just it's not the same as playing on an actual piano. Yeah, no, because there's it's really not going to challenge your your independence right. between your right and left hand. So. Well, that was a lot of time on that one. It was, but you know, I, I think you know the state of the evolution of music games. I think it was an important topic to bring up. Yeah, and it was interesting. I saw the um, I saw the latest commercial for uh, what was the competitor to this? Not Power Gig. Power Gig in it, and I remember I played that at E3, and it's nothing like having a real guitar. It's close to that Mustang Pro. And what about those drums? Yeah, those are not nearly as good. So, the hair drums. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't dig those. So I, I wonder what will happen on the um, Guitar Hero side of things. So Eric and Scott, when did yeah. you uh, when did you ever watch G Four except for maybe some E Three coverage? Uh, Considering that you weren't there, if you weren't there, yeah, I watched the hell out of it for I watched the hell out of it for Attack of the Show, Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, occasionally I usually watch all of the reviews and everything from uh, whatever the their game X Play. I watch that online, so I I would watch it. Yeah, but you watch it online. You don't watch it on the TV. Yeah, yeah. Mm. How about how about you, Scott? Oh, it's been a while. Ever since my cable no, took it off, I haven't watched you it. Ain't die hard I, never, I never watched I've never G4. watched it. Only if I stumbled across it. Right. You know, once it changed... What was it before it was G4? It Remember was... Uh, it, it was, um, it was Tech TV, and tech then TV. it was... I watched it when it was Tech TV. I did not watch it once it turned to G4. Well, no, it, there was a gaming... It was a game something. Yeah, they, the two blended. They merged it. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched whatever the gaming was before, but I watched Tech TV. Right. Well, listeners, if, if you just kind of listen to what everybody was saying just right there in that little... Pretty much total right there, Kind of just sums up what <laughs> what DirecTV decided. Well, you know what? This station really just isn't worth keeping around any longer. And... If it does not kill G4 outright, I will be absolutely shocked. Because with DirecTV, you're probably losing a good, what, 18 million potential viewers? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, DirecTV subscribers no longer have access to G4 TV. Um, if you're wondering why... Uh, their uh, DirecTV statement was is that at this time we are no longer negotiating and we have no plans to put G4 back up. Because uh, they just uh, can't compete with Mistbusters. Since yeah, since G4 is among the lowest rated networks based on latest Nielsen data, we decided that it made sense to focus on pres- on preserving programming that is more relevant to our larger customer base. And whether you agree with what they, you know, DirecTV might be keeping on... Swamp people and ice truckers. Well, no, no, seriously. Ice I mean, truckers, man. I love what the it. hell does that need to be on the History Channel for? That's what I got to say. Swamp people. You know, that's like another one. It's... it's but I, I don't think that G4 honestly provided that much gaming programming when you think about it. I mean, think think about, you know, if you if you think about what G4 should have done, if they were to went all in with with gaming programming, oh, you know, okay. programming about video games and and things like that. They tried to draw they tried to they tried to they tried to do too much. Like they were like, "We're well, yeah. not going to commit whole, we don't want to be dorks or nerds." We want to like. Well, no, it wasn't even. I don't even think it was no, that. It was like they, they had no idea what they were doing. They yeah. should have refed all those crazy Japanese game shows. They had no idea what they were doing. They were like, okay, we're going to now. We're going to show twenty-four hours of cops reruns and shit like that. It was like they have no idea what their programming was. Yeah, I, I did not find it compelling. You know, it's it's just not it's since, ridiculous. Did and they used to have battle bots though. I think I used to watch yeah. that. 
Yeah. Tech TV did, yeah. Well, they well, used to yeah, have stuff was... like that. And they, if they would have just like had some more original programming... They lost their identity compared to Spike. They really did. And, and what Spike does, and what Spike does really well, is that they Spike doesn't commit to, you know, geek no. culture. It is, you know, so much. It, it's like what they do is they do some, like, really cool movies... And then they'll have some they'll have some syndicated shows. Blue Mountain State, the yeah, greatest comedy half hour on TV today. And then they'll have some original programming mixed in. And they and but you know what, Spike that that's what they do. And it's not like it's geared towards really any particular, you know, group or anything like that. You know, except for maybe, you know, males ages twenty one to whatever, eighteen <laughs> yeah, exactly. to whatever. But with G4, you really didn't know what the fuck they were trying to to do with that channel. Well, well and it's been like a... The two stations, too, really didn't mesh well. Right. What does game shows have to do with tech TV? And so... Right. Oh, yeah, what does Cops oh, no. reruns have to do with... No, it was it was a, it worked well. I mean, in the beginning because it was there were it was a video game channel, and I used to watch the hell out of that. I was the exact opposite of you. Um... Uh, where you had you Scott, you were watching just the tech side. I was watching the video. It was video game show, and it had a had a ton of different things. It had um, a whole show de- uh, devoted to like developer interviews and stuff like that. And it was a really interesting thing. And when they merged them, you you actually for a little bit when they first merged, you had a great selection of like tech shit that I I missed because I didn't watch tech TV and then the game stuff. And it's been a slow decline of closing closing off or merging all of the really good tech shows and all of the really good game shows until you have X-Play and you have Attack of the Show. And then everything else, whatever else they have, all I all I can think is Cops and then, what is it, Cheaters. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. That's so, another. And then E3. So I, I, it's been a slow, hard decline. I feel bad for them, and I, I really do love Attack of the Show. And... I kind of like X-Play because it's a video game... I mean, just imagine, a video game TV show. I, I The thought of that, I love it. But, obviously, what the fuck's, what the fuck's happening? I think if they would have just been a little more focused with what they were planning on doing with that channel, it would have done a lot better. Yep. Now, the, sh- the network is still carried on Dish Network and regionally on AT&T U-verse. And Cablevision. <laughs> so there's still some outlets for There's it. still some hope. Not much. But not for DirecTV uh, subscribers. Not much, though. Let us know if you're affected by this, if you're sad about it, or if you abandoned or didn't even care about G4. Send it in to mail at channelmaster.com. M-A-I-L. Let us know if you're all geeked out about Rock Band 3's special <laughs> high-class guitar. Oh! <laughs> like Mark is. Hey, I can't help it. It's a convergence of two things I really love, so it should be a blast. <laughs> or any of the various MMO stuff that we talked about earlier. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again to Eddie for your piece of feedback on Lotra earlier. Thank you very much to Scott and Eric for joining us in this episode. Oh, 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 oh. can I raise my hand? My pleasure. Hey, just thank you guys. We we develop, I mean, devoted less than two minutes to League of Legends this episode. We Congratulations did. to us. Our it's least start. League of Legends anonymous meeting will occur next Friday night. Directly after this. I, for about four hours. <laughs> you just need to buckle down and just do a League of Legends podcast. That's all it is. Too. I think we might have to do it. Yeah. 
think so. And, and I just want to say, I just want to say, I gave out more closed beta keys for Forsaken World. Um, people contacted me pretty much all over on Raptor and a bunch of other places. I still have about 20 more. So you guys just... Where's just mine, bitch? Me. You you want to like it. Don't worry about it. You won't okay. like it. Okay. Um, so, so you just contact me, Eric, Jason. <laughs> Eric at channelmassive.com. Join the guild in Vindictus, Creeping Darkness. I'm still there. I'm going to be there for a while. Uh, and I just want to tell you that. You guys, I love you. <laughs> I love you. We love you. We all love you. I'm talking to listeners. I'm not talking to you guys. Oh, okay. All right. That was a little awkward. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I was hoping you didn't have to. I was going to have to say that back or something. <laughs> <laughs>